In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. If you should go to the Metropolitan Museum this season and walk towards the medieval European court in the main section of the museum, the Neapolitan Christmas tree grabs all the attention, of course. But leading the way towards it are all sorts of silent witnesses that also point to the Incarnation, Uh, The incarnation, of course, being the fact that God has come into the world as a human being in the form of a little baby named Jesus. We celebrate the incarnation of God at Christmas. But there in the Metropolitan, so many of the statues and the paintings uh, point to this fact, this amazing revelation of God in Christ. On the way to that great, big, beautiful Christmas tree, there's a particular statue that's caught my attention the past few weeks. It's a smaller statue from the 14th century, and it's a carving of Mary and Elizabeth. It portrays the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth, as mentioned in today's Gospel. I love this little statue. You can see it. It's in a glass case now, uh, but you can listen to a couple of recordings as art historians talk about it, and you can read more about it. Um, But a number of things strike me about this image. Uh, First of all is that that Mary and Elizabeth look like contemporaries. They both look young. They look like each other. And in fact, looking at them, it's hard to tell who is who. It portrays, of course, the story we just heard of Mary going to Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth is pregnant with a child who will be John the Baptist, and Mary has just learned that she will give birth to Jesus. This sculpture at the Metropolitan is by um, Heinrich of Constance, a a German sculptor. It it comes from a Dominican convent in um, what used to be Germany, now is Switzerland. Um, reading about the convent, I, I read that during the Middle Ages, it was, um, it was sort of a home place for medieval mysticism and deep, deep prayer. Um, the mystic uh, Meister Eckhart is said to have visited this Dominican convent a number of t- occasions. And so I imagine this sculpture of Mary and Elizabeth in the convent as an object of devotion, an object to inspire the sisters to prayer, to conversation, um, to a deeper sense of God's presence, not only in the form of Jesus, but God's incarnation in one another as God expresses God's self in ordinary human beings. That sculpture shows the two women as equals, but that's not really the way church history has portrayed Mary and Elizabeth, is it? Um, We know about Mary. Some churches talk about her more than others, but we we know of her as the the honored mother of our Lord Jesus, uh, the mother of God, um, the woman who sang the proclamation that we've already sung and heard in the Magnificat, Mary is known and loved. Her song is is read and prayed and performed daily, and people think of her often. But what about Elizabeth? 
Last month, the young adults met at the rectory and talked about this passage of Scripture, and and a number of them noted that Elizabeth is sort of lost in history. No one ever talks about Elizabeth. We don't celebrate St. Elizabeth's Day. We don't have churches named after her. There are churches named St. Elizabeth, but usually it's St. Elizabeth of Hungary or St. Elizabeth of Prague. It's another Elizabeth entirely. Christians maintain a little more tradition around Elizabeth and Zechariah in the Orthodox tradition. Um, There they believe that Elizabeth took John the Baptist to escape from the persecution of Herod. In uh, the story that we know as the slaughter of the innocents, um, we tend to frame it from biblical perspective as having to do with Jesus. But the Orthodox tradition also includes John the Baptist. And so there's a story that Elizabeth escapes um, the people of Herod and hides John the Baptist. Also, the same tradition recounts that Zechariah is later martyred by those representing Herod. In the back of the Gospel of Matthew, there's the mention of a Zechariah who is a priest who is martyred in the temple. And the Orthodox tradition says that this is the same Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. We don't know for sure, of course. Islam also honors Elizabeth and Zechariah as as favored by God, Elizabeth as especially blessed by God, as having been barren, and then being given the gift of childbirth and giving giving birth to John the Baptist. But Elizabeth, for us, is like so many quiet characters in the story of our faith, people, many of whom are women, who were faithful, strong, and courageous. They follow God and nurture the faith of others. On this Sunday before Christmas, the gospel invites us to notice Elizabeth. It invites us also, I think, to perhaps give thanks for Elizabeth and to give thanks for the people in our lives who have been like Elizabeth. It gives us the opportunity to pray that God might help us be a little more like St. Elizabeth in encouraging others to discover and know Jesus more deeply. Earlier in the Gospel of Luke, in a section we didn't read today, we're told about how Elizabeth and Zechariah are descended from the priesthood of Aaron and that both are righteous before God. But Elizabeth is barren, and the couple are both getting older. The angel angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah and tells him that he and Elizabeth are going to have a child. But Zechariah, being a priest in the temple, goes in and out every day in the temple, and he doubts Gabriel. Gabriel assures him that, no, these things are going to happen. You'll have a child. You'll name him John. Again, Zechariah doubts, and for his doubting, Zechariah is made mute until John the Baptist is in fact born. Whether Elizabeth also gets a visit from the angel Gabriel, we're not told, but it seems as though Elizabeth doesn't really need the angel to visit. Elizabeth is so in tune with God and God's movement in her life that she seems to understand what God is doing from the very beginning. Elizabeth knows that she has conceived, and she recognizes this for the blessing that it is. 
Mary's situation, of course, is very different from Elizabeth's. Mary is a good bit younger, probably still in her teens. She's not yet married. She's in a dangerous position. But Mary, too, has faith in God and believes the angel Gabriel. And Mary knows that she can turn to her relative Elizabeth. Some versions of scripture refer to Elizabeth as Mary's cousin or her kinswoman, and we're not really sure. The word that scripture uses can refer to someone who is an actual blood relative or simply someone who is related to the family as a special someone. We really don't know, but it's clear that they were close, and Mary knew she could turn to Elizabeth. While Zechariah is struck mute, unable to speak, but only able to write, Elizabeth is able to speak, to say, to tell, to prophesy, to praise, and to interpret to her heart's content. My friends who are are women priests and theologians have a ball with this passage where Zechariah is told to shut up and be quiet for a little while. And this gives Elizabeth the space uh, to preach and to prophesy and to teach and to tell what, what God is doing in their lives. Because of Elizabeth's faith and her wisdom, Mary knows she can turn to her. And in Elizabeth, Mary finds a mirror of her own faith, someone older and faithful who can guide her and stand by her for the road ahead. Sometimes in the life of faith, we might be called to be a little bit like Elizabeth, to be grounded in prayer, to have a sense of God's presence and movement in our lives, and so we're able to help another person see God move in his or her life. Or perhaps a little like Zechariah, we feel God's Spirit telling us, just be quiet for a little while, and be a quiet presence of support and helpfulness. Notice what happens when Mary is given this sort of atmosphere of support and encouragement from Elizabeth and perhaps through Zechariah's silence. Mary is then emboldened to sing her song, the song we know as Magnificat from the first word of its translation in Latin. Many hear in Mary's song reverberations of an earlier song from the Hebrew scriptures, the song of Hannah. Hannah also was barren and then gifted with a child. Both Elizabeth and Mary would have been familiar with Hannah's song and might have known it by heart. But it's in the presence of Elizabeth that Mary can make it her own, that she can sing it even louder and with more faith. She can give thanks for the blessing of this child and give thanks for the sign of God's work in holy reversals. And so Mary sings of one who who looks with favor on the lowliness of his servants, for the mighty one does great things for Mary and for others. God shows strength with the arm. God scatters the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. God brings down the powerful from their thrones and lifts up the lowly. God fills the hungry with good things and sends the very rich away empty. Mary finds her voice in the presence of Elizabeth in that calm, faithful company that Elizabeth provides. Sometimes we're called to be a little like Elizabeth, But there may be other times when we feel more like Mary, when we're overwhelmed by news from God that's either too good to comprehend or perhaps too hard to imagine responding to. 
And so we seek out the company of someone who's a little older, who's a little wiser, who's perhaps a little more faithful. In the visitation of Mary and Elizabeth, we're given an image of the church at its best. The church at its best being a place where we can always turn for help, where we can turn for support, for solace, for encouragement. A place where we can begin to find our own voice and sing the song of God's praise that God places in our hearts. As we encounter the Christmas story again this year, may the Holy Spirit help each one of us see reflections of ourselves in the various characters of the scriptural story. At times, may we have the faith of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the faith to keep quiet in the midst of a mystery, or the faith to be quietly supportive to another in need. Or may we be given the faith of Mary herself to allow God's presence in our lives to be born again, to be renewed, to turn things upside down, all for love's sake. With Elizabeth and Mary, may we be expectant and filled with joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.